Today's episode is brought to you by High Heels and Politics with Marianne Christie. Join Marianne as she interviews political leaders of Southwest Ohio and beyond. Download the show wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Pam, before I ask you a question, uh, we have to have an emergency meeting, an emergency podcast. So do we have enough votes to have the emergency meeting? (laughs) Hey, Ryan, let me check and see how my dogs are going to vote. Well, thank goodness we got all the votes we needed because this is the Voice of Loveland, the podcast for ionloveland.com. I am your host, the Loveland Tadler, R.D. Kulik, and with me is the deciding vote to put us on this super special emergency slash bonus podcast, and that's Pam Gross. How are you today, Pam? I'm good, Ryan. Welcome, everyone, to this special podcast. That's right. That's right. We're doing, we've done this before where we've done like a one the next day. And we're doing it because the master plan, the final public meeting of the master plan, took place on Wednesday, place on May 29th down at the fire station. And we, of all the topics we've discussed, be it DORA, be it financial irresponsibility, transparency, cronyism, I think the master plan may be the thing we've talked about the most on this podcast. Well, it's certainly the thing we have to talk about. And that's why we're doing this special podcast. We did not, we didn't know, or we had some ideas, but we didn't totally know what the final product was going to look like. So we wanted to wait till we went to the meeting. You and I were both at the meeting. You stayed for the presentation. And then I stayed a little bit afterward. We're not going to go through the master plan on this podcast. And I'm going to give you a few highlights here, but we're going to talk about, I think, what it means and how we're going to move forward. We've kind of made a promise to ourselves that we're going to talk about the now and where we can go. And there is things in the past that do inform the decisions we're making now, so we will discuss that. But this new, and when we say master plan, mind you, this is the downtown master plan. There is going to be an entire comprehensive plan in the future. But this particular downtown plan, it was at the fire station last night, and it was a, a nice night, so they had all the doors open, which we'll discuss how that became a little bit of an issue. But there's a couple of things. If you guys are are looking for it on the city's website, as of the recording of this, it is not up. It should be very soon. We do not have the PowerPoint presentation handy. Once we get it, we will send it out. We will, the, the presentation that Yard and Company put on to show all of their proposals. But if you go back and you listen to our first podcast about the rough draft and you go read the piece we wrote about everything in there, a lot of this master plan looks similar to the one that they presented in January. Would you agree with that? I agree. And I do want everyone to know, is uh, Ryan's correct, we don't actually have a copy of the actual PowerPoint presentation. We did take the pictures of the various mock-ups of what particular parts of the town are going to look at. And we will post those on our website. But again, a couple of highlights. The and I'm not. The, I want to make this clear. This is not a criticism that the plan looks very similar to what it was in January. It has been refined a lot. There are pieces in there where some stuff was taken out, some things were enhanced. It, it's basically what we saw in January was a bunch of mud, and now it's been cleared up. So we're not going to talk about how the public and the was, swimming hole was moved. Yes, the swimming hole was moved. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna. We're we're not going to use this podcast to talk about the public engagement or who we think's involved or who's pulling all the levers. That's coming. So there's a tease for you guys. We want to talk about what this plan will look like as I like to discuss New Loveland. This is a complete and utter reshaping of what our downtown looks like. And I believe it's already happening to us. There are a couple of things in there like the Eads fencing property the recommendation, I don't want to say it's going to happen, but the recommendation is to turn it into a 
mixed-use residential retail place. Now, when we think of that, we think of a place like Loveland Station that has retail at the bottom and apartments above. This is actually a little bit more advanced than that in that, yes, it looks like there's going to be a similar Loveland Station-esque type building that has retail on one floor and rentals or condos on a higher floor, but there's also homes, four-wall homes that sit there right off of the Linda Cox parking lot that look right at the river. I'm going to be honest with you, Pam. I like that. I thought the picture they put up looked really nice. It, it gave you a kind of serene sense of Loveland. So I think that's that's good. That's something I would consider moving to, moving my family to. I already want to stay in Loveland. Maybe I want a little bit of better access to the trail and the river and enjoy the things of why we moved here. There's also another structure. They're calling the landing. It's where the Bond Furniture Warehouse is now. This looks like a multi-story type of venue. I, it wasn't very well defined, would you say, what it was? No, and it is a massive oh, new yeah. venue. Yes, it is big. If they actually do build that That is an entirely new Loveland. And there are a couple of other things that are around there. Obviously, they discussed the parking structure that we were discussing. And I'll get into some of the public comments about that later on. I look at it, and I think, you know, I've got two questions about it. First off, is it going to help bring to the tax base? Is it going to help strengthen our tax base? We talk a lot about this, Pam. I'm a big believer You get all the money you can out of the bricks, and then you put new bricks on top of the old ones. And that's what this is. And we want to make that clear. When you see a sign that says historic downtown, when you come in here, and then you think of what this master plan is going to do, there are multiple pieces of this historic downtown that will have new structures on them. Not rehab structures, new structures. Not historic structures, new structures. That is different. You talk about this landing and how it's going to look, and it looks like a very, they have a very colorful, I actually think it's kind of neat, very colorful way to connect the trail down to where this uh, landing is on the river. That is going to be new. That is all going to be new. So we have to question the money, but we also have to question, is this Loveland? Well, (laughs) I'm glad that you mentioned that you can look at this in two ways, because I agree with you. The first way, as you said, is does it add to the tax base? I think that in the sense of when you're looking at that, particularly the Eats property, you're right. They're building new homes, which are going to bring you know people more people downtown. It's going to bring in more, hopefully, more tax dollars, not only through just, you know, hopefully people who are living down here, they're obviously going to pay an income tax, but they also will stay down here and buy things in our city they're buying the homes, you've got property taxes. So that's all good. You're right. I kind of was like you. I looked at that at first, too. And I thought, you know, that doesn't look too bad. I might, you know, entertain the fact that depending on what the lots are like, but I I might like living down there on the trail and gives you better access to the river and better access for, you know, walking my dog on the bike trail. I I am disappointed there was no dog park, but... (laughs) We'll talk about that later. But I will say, because you opened this and said that the meeting itself was at the firehouse and they had all the doors open, it was really, really noisy. Yeah, it was. And at times, they actually had to stop talking because you had lots of cars going by, lots of trucks going by, lots just of, you know, traffic, noise, music, whatever it may be. And it was funny because as I was walking around thinking, oh, I might want to live down here. And then I'm thinking, no, maybe I don't want to live down here because it's awful noisy. And you have to remember, if you're transforming our downtown, which this is a new Loveland, that it's going to bring even more noise, 
even more traffic, even more people. For me, I'm thinking, eh, maybe I don't want to live somewhere like that because that's not really why I moved here. I grew up in Clifton. So I know what it's like to live in a bigger city in an urban environment where you walked everywhere. And I moved from that. I moved here, though, because I liked the fact that it had a nice trail where I could take my dog for a walk. It had river accessibility. It was quiet. And it has that small town kind of feel. I'll be honest with you, Ryan, at this point in time, as I was looking at that master plan and just some of the things that they were proposing or recommending, I believe that we're actually kind of losing what makes us Loveland. Yeah, you're right. And when we talk about losing, you can look at it as a good or bad way. Sometimes if a town is filled with undesirable type businesses and things like that, and you change that town, you make it different. That's helpful. Before I moved to Loveland, I lived in Walnut Hills, and we were going through a lot of a transformation over there. And it was a transformation that a lot of people looked at in a positive light. Do we need to do that here? Because I think Loveland has a very, very great reputation. And Yes, you bring in this this new great neighborhood over where the Eads fencing property is. That's great, but you just said it yourself. It was kind of loud. And it wasn't just that. I mean, if you think about it, the other big focal point of this was that place they're calling the landing. I had just earlier stated that this is a massive new venue. I mean... It's a, what, pseudo bar slash music place slash office space slash, I don't know. No, it's when you talk about multi-use, it's about as multi as you can use it. Yep, (laughs) and it's about multi-stories as well. It's interesting, though, because I, I talked about, I just said that, you know, as you're looking at this master plan and you're thinking that we're kind of losing what, what is, what, what I think is kind of what Loveland is. We are actually already changing that because if you think about it now, we have a mayor who seems to think it's okay that, or wants, I'm not even going to say okay anymore, who has basically mandated and passed with her group of men over here that we need to be party central. In the past, we used to be a town that had two or three very special, meaningful events that brought the community together. They were a lot of fun. They do take a lot of time and a lot of resources to plan, but they're fun to do and there were two or three. Now all of a sudden we have this atmosphere and this need downtown to be entertained all the time. I mean, we literally have an event every single weekend throughout the entire summer. And that is just on the weekends. That doesn't even count the fact that we also have that during the week now. Ryan, you and I went to Ramsey's last Wednesday night, and we were sitting there, and they have a band that plays over at one of the new bars over there, and they play at the rooftop. It was so noisy, and we're not talking like it's five o'clock in the afternoon. This was quarter till nine, and they were so loud. On a Wednesday night. On a Wednesday night. They were so loud. We were sitting at Ramsey's that we we couldn't even hear each other talk to one another. And then when we looked, you know, there's the bartender kind of throwing up her hands in the air. And she said, yeah, this is like the third week. It's like that. She said, we have special playlists. She said, we want to create certain kind of ambiance. And they can't do that now. Our town is already transforming. So if you look at it, this at this new master plan, and then you look at this new massive venue that they want to call the landing and put there. I mean, the truth is, is that all it's going to do is amplify what is already happening. 
And so the noise is going to be amplified, (laughs) the traffic is going to be worse, and now we truly are just going to turn into a town of a bunch of people who walk around with their beer all the time and listening to music all the time. I'm sorry, but that's actually not what Loveland is. You make a great point, and it's... I want to go back to this concept of Wednesday night and this constant party, uh, almost a constant party. Yeah, Mardi but we've Gras. also heard now that it's not just Wednesday night now. Now it's a Thursday night. Yeah. We've also heard, I know there's another um, particular business down there that there's also a band or something that also plays at the same place on a Friday night. And by the way, for a town that is supposed to be a family-friendly town, my understanding on that was that the band certainly was not playing music that no. you would want your child no. listening yeah, to. Yeah, that's I was actually told, because I said something about bringing my nine-year-old down on a Friday night, and the person told me, no, don't do that. <laughs> They're going to learn a few words you don't want yeah. them to learn. And I'm sorry, that's just not, that, that's not the brand. Right, and that, that goes back to me thinking, Hey, I've I would really I've really thought those pictures and those ideas of the Eads fencing area was really well thought out, was a really cool looking thing. But you talked about Fourth of July, other events we may have. The Fourth of July, everybody has off. My wife only gets the six major federal holidays off a year. That's one of them. Everybody's off. That's kind of why people party. You have the opportunity to do that. And don't forget there's fireworks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but any given Wednesday in a June, in an August, in a September, in a May or whatever, if I'm living down there, I probably have to go to work the next day. My wife has to go to work. My child has to go to school. And having music playing till 11 o'clock that it's loud enough I can hear, yeah, that's going to that's gonna hurt my chances of moving down there. Well, the point is, is that the mayor and the majority council members have decided that they would they want to turn our downtown into a huge and major entertainment spot. That's all fine and well for the people who want to come down, be entertained, and then go home. Yeah. However, though, there are people who do live downtown, and it's not an entertainment spot. It's their home. Yeah, I want to quickly say there is a big piece to this uh, new master plan or this proposed plan of creating something called a Downtown Loveland Inc., which is an organization that kind of runs all the major aspects of downtown. We are going to discuss that at a later thing because that is going to have a lot to do with the concept of what the events will look like. And if you're really the term that Yard and Company used about the Eads area was a downtown neighborhood. There's also another kind of mixed use residential place that is being proposed right on the river there uh, where the Eagles building is, where the animal hospital is too. So there is a very big push to have people move into downtown. Again, you're talking about it's already changing, but you're making this push to put people into downtown. Those are new people you're bringing into downtown. Those are new families. Those are new ideas. Again, it's not a good or a bad thing, but it needs to be understood. This is not historic downtown Loveland. This is new Loveland. This plan is proposing new Loveland. Yeah, it's going to have major changes and major attitude changes. Yes. I want to pivot just a little bit because Last night at the meeting, there were a couple of people there that uh, Councilman Tim Butler, he is the council representative for the downtown planning committee. So he's the elected representative that is there to tell the people this is what's going on. So he was up there and there was a couple of people that live near where this new proposed parking structure, this new land that the city just bought for not $550,000, $600,000. 50 of that, though, is because of a legal settlement because they mucked up the deal a little bit, but still. They were there and they were concerned about this parking structure because it would be close to where their homes are. 
And one woman in particular discussed how she likes to kayak, she likes to bike. That's why she lives downtown. It's access to that. And she doesn't want another Loveland Station-like structure. You look at this master plan, it's many Loveland Station-like structures. Many multiple-story buildings. And in order to alleviate some of these traffic and parking problems, we are going to be taking green spaces and putting pavement onto them to create parking spots and to create streets. And remember, too, as part of this master plan, City Hall will be redeveloped. Oh, don't say say that. (laughs) And it will be redeveloped into more than two floors, three floors, maybe four floors, multi-stories. And you are right. When you look at this plan, and and once again, I will remind everybody, we will post the pictures Mm -hmm. on here. Almost everything about this is new, and everything about it is multi-story. So Councilman Butler had a few people in the public that were not happy about these things. And sometimes it's better to let the public talk and not try to keep selling them. And I feel like that's what he was trying to do last night, saying that you know we were elected to to lead but something else he does and councilman butler more than anyone up there seems to do this a lot he always talks about previous councils he always talks about we're not going to do what previous councils did and the topic of loveland station came up and he pointed to it and he said previous councils did this we're not going to do it that way and we're going to be more engaged and stuff i'm going to challenge councilman butler the next time he is sitting up there in his council seat all he needs to do is turn to the right and ask Vice Mayor Rob Weisgerber about how Loveland Station was conceived. Rob Weisgerber was the mayor when they bought all that land. Rob Weisgerber was the mayor when the developer delivered the plans. The previous council he's talking about, about the look, the location, and all that of Loveland Station, that previous council was when the current vice mayor was the mayor. So as he continues to peddle that to the public... I challenge him, and do it in public, to ask Vice Mayor Weisgerber about that. Because I think it's being a little disingenuous to try to throw that blame on it. But I want to move forward on this, too. Loveland Station's there. If you want to be so bold as a councilman and say, we need to eliminate Loveland Station, do that. I've been on this podcast, Pam. I know you've talked about it. Loveland Station is a benefit to the tax base of the city. But if you do not like it, then this plan you cannot like either because it is using Loveland Station as its anchor. (laughs) That is what's going to happen. Part of the issue I have with Loveland Station is it looks so out of place. This plan will not make it look out of place. It will make it look like it belongs. But it will also make Loveland unrecognizable. Yes, it will. To people who wanted it to stay the small, quaint little town. Because it is not going to look at all like the Loveland that you are looking at today. The reality is, is you might as well take a snapshot of it, because if this council approves this master plan, and they start doing these kind of developments, they will transform our town. Go down there, take a picture of what downtown looks like now. And go and give it to City Hall because it's going to join the rest of those photos over there when you walk through and you want to look at what downtown used to look like. Last thing I want to say about the, about the current council and Councilman Butler, you're not running for office. You're in office. Now, I know, hey, Pam, I'm not a naive person, okay? I know politicians are always running for office. But it is your responsibility as an elected member 
of any governmental body to not sell things to people. It is your responsibility to explain them to why it works. And I will be the first to tell you this. Not everyone's going to be happy. They're not. But you got to explain to them why this works. And by saying things like previous counsel or I don't like this or I don't like that, that does nothing any anybody any good. Hey, I might be wrong. They, I don't know, Pam, you could tell me because you're on counsel for a while. They may be storing the DeLorean with the time machine and the flux capacitor somewhere in the back. And maybe you could go back and do this, but you can't. This is a master plan. This is about the future. <laughs> it's hiding in the bushes. <laughs> yeah. With, <laughs> it's hiding in the bushes with a bulldozer that was going to be taking over City Hall. Oh, I'm that's sorry. Right. No, I'm sorry. No, that's a good one. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> so I'm going to go dig for it then when we're done here. But let's talk about the future. Let's talk about moving forward. And let's be responsible. And let's take responsibility for these things. This council majority wanted this master plan. This council majority hired Yard and Company. This council majority decided to split the plan into a comprehensive all-Loveland plan and a downtown plan. And don't forget, this council spent $128,000 of taxpayer money to do it. How could we get through without saying that? Talk about taking ownership and be honest with people. Because that's what I saw. I saw a downtown that was going to use the model of Loveland Station and mimic it. Am I wrong? I can't really answer that question. But I want to go to and kind of this will be my last comment in regards to this. My advice to Mr. Butler, and take it or leave it, it doesn't matter. But here's what I can say to the councilman. You talk a lot about transparency. Transparency is about answers. And my question to you is why aren't you answering the questions? that the public is asking you. And so here's my advice. You need to start talking with the public and not talking at the public. That's the best way to put it because this is a big process. I liked a lot of what I saw last night, Pam. I'm going to be honest with you, I did. And I think about why I moved to Loveland and I think about the trail and the river and I think about the little shops, and I think about the plaid room, and I think about sitting there having a drink at Cappy's, which I went to twice last night because we went beforehand. (laughs) I came right back afterwards. I like sitting out on Narrow Pass Porch. I'm a big fan of sitting out there at Ramsey's. You and I, when we were at Cappy's, and then we walked over to the fire station. I mean, we walked right through the, the heart of downtown, and it was beautiful. But I remember walking back when the meeting was over, and I was coming back to my car, and I was looking around and thinking to myself, it's going to be a new town. It's going to be a new Loveland. These discussions need to happen. The elected officials need to not treat this like it's some kind of campaign issue, and they're more concerned with holding their seat of power, and they're going to delay this project because it's going to make people mad, or they're going to do this. People are going to be upset. Okay, and people are going to come to you and you're going to have to talk with them about all of this stuff. And Pam, I'm willing to help. This is our community. It is. And you also have to remember, too, you're going to have dissenting opinions. You're right. And that doesn't make us your enemy. No, I don't like it doesn't make anyone who has a dissenting opinion an enemy. I'm going to brag a little bit here. okay, Pam, I look at the number of downloads we get on our podcast and. It's humbling, okay? It really is. And I feel like we do have a sense of responsibility now 
not to just sit here and complain, but to actually give the public information because the public seeks that information. And we are one of those places for it. I don't want to sit with a group of people who have to agree all the time. I want to make that compromise. I want to find the right place to do it. I look at that master plan. And I think this is great. This is works. I like this way. This the, I like the way this looks. But I don't live downtown. Downtown is my entertainment district. I can get in my car, get on my bike or whatever, and I can go to my suburban neighborhood in Loveland. But if I did live downtown, how would I feel? And you need to get those opinions, and you need to get those ideas, and you need to not be defensive about it, and you need to not be so rigid with it. I'm going to volunteer you here for this too, Pam. We're willing to help. We're willing to look at this and figure out what works best for Loveland, because this is our home. I agree with that. Anyone who knew and who knows me and, and followed my four years on council knows that I am a development girl. But I want purposeful, meaningful development, but I also want development. I mean, I was all for City Hall and still am, by the way. <laughs> and your I, dog park. You're still for I, the dog park. I still park. <laughs> really want a dog park. But, but the City Hall property needs to be redeveloped. That's why, as part of this master plan, I'm actually glad to see that in there. It is, however, a little funny that... Well, no, don't say that. Take honor in that the Pam Gross vision of City Hall is finally coming to fruition. (laughs) Well, the, the point is, is that there's things in this master plan that I, too, agree with. I'm not as enamored with it as you are, but I understand. But I also understand, too, I don't live downtown either. I probably would never live downtown with any kind of development that of this kind of nature, only because it's a little too noisy for me. And quite frankly, I'm getting a little old well, for all of that. So it's, you, here's here's a good here's a good way to to end it. It's urbanizing our downtown. That's what I think it's doing. Yeah, and I I, I think you're exactly right. It, that, that's actually the best way to say it. And I think that's where going back to my original statement is: look, I grew up in an urban environment, and I love that. But an urban environment, there's a lot of walking, there's a lot of all of that kind of involved in it, and there's a lot of noise, and a lot of traffic, and a lot of people involved in that. If that's your thing, and honestly, it's why people live in New York City; they yeah. love it. I'm not one of those people. I like, that's why I live where I live. I live on a quiet street. I have a beautiful backyard that I sit in, and that's very, very quiet, except for my dog's bark well, every now and then. But Yeah, and you just recently did a lot of work in your backyard. It is quite beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> the bottom line is the decisions that they're making now are turning our downtown from what it used to be, the nice kind of quiet, quaint, relaxing environment, and they are turning it into an entertainment district, and that's okay if nobody lived down there. Maybe the sign, instead of saying, welcome to historic Loveland, it should say, historic downtown, it should say, welcome to new historic Loveland. Or like, welcome to the entertainment uh, spot. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that is, that's our call to action, not just to the elected members of the city council, not to just city staff, but to you, the listener, to your friends, to everybody out there. This is where our voices are being heard. This is the beginning of a big process that can make things look totally different in the end. The best way we're going to be able to guide the future of our community is by not shutting up. And you guys got to keep talking. And I'm going to keep saying this again. I said they're not running for re-election, but there is an election this year. You have an interest in it. Throw your hat in the ring. You guys don't agree with us. I mean, Pam, you and I don't totally agree with this. I'm way more on board with what I saw last night than you are. So tell me why you don't agree with me. You could change my mind. 
I mean, just like Dora. I changed my mind on Dora. <laughs> not, not the current version we have, but the one that I think we should have. You guys come on over and tell us what it is and let's all work together because this is our community and we all came here for a reason and we all want to stay here for a reason and we all want to love it. Let's not allow just a few people to take control of it all. I agree. Let your voice be heard. Yeah. Our voices are going to, we are going to continue to talk. There's a lot, a lot of things that um, need to be discussed. And uh, so we really appreciate everyone who does listen to us. That's it, folks. That's our emergency meeting. We're going to adjourn here, too. We're going to adjourn here in a moment, not for an executive session. I don't think we need anyone today. (laughs) We're not going to have any business after we adjourn, I guess is what I could say. That's our own little inside joke. The Voice of Loveland, the podcast for ionloveland.com, is a production of Ion Community. This episode was produced by Pam Gross, Ryan Kulik, who always do a killer job, in my opinion. It was mixed by the same two people that we were talking about there. And the music is by my father-in-law, Sherrod Sate. I always like to give him that kind of shout out there. With that, I'm out of thoughts for today's podcast. Anything you got to say? Everyone, thanks for listening and be informed, be involved, and be influential. 